Welcome to Team Perry's Step Out of Line podcast, featuring co-hosts Perry and Lori Finkelstein. Together, they explore, meet, and share inspirational stories with guests who have made a positive impact in today's world. This podcast resonates with our hope to make this world a better place one step at a time through love, acceptance, and uplifting conversations. And this is this is an honor, and I have so many parallels with the marathon, so we'll get to that. But first, I'm Stephanie Quayle. I'm a country artist. I live in Nashville, Tennessee, originally from Bozeman, Montana. Um, Perry found you because she's a huge fan of Kelly Clarkson, and she was watching the show, and she said, oh my God, Stephanie Quayle, we have to interview her. We're in New York. Um, We're not huge country music fan listeners until we started watching The Voice and being Blake and, and hearing different kind of music and genre, and then we realized how beautiful country music really can be. And we're so honored to to speak to you now because you have the most beautiful voice. Oh, wow. We want to hear <laughs> about how you started. And, and especially, we're interviewing people to find out how they stepped out of line in life. Oh, yeah. So Perry steps out of line because she, um, the Mar- Miami Marathon, we usually run every January and I push her up to a certain point. And that unfortunately has been canceled this year due to the pandemic. Um, so we're we're gonna go right ahead and start training for January 2022. I love and that. what Perry does is Perry's always in a wheelchair. That's how she gets around. Mm-hmm. And she walks in a gate trainer, which is like a walker, but it has mm-hmm. a harness underneath. And I push you to a certain point, usually about like mile 11 or 12 in the marathon. And then she gets out and she gets in the gay trainer and we have a huge crowd. We have a physical therapist. We have a pediatrician. We have right. medics just because they're our friends. Sure. And she, and she walks to the finish line. And mm-hmm. she does this to create awareness for a charity that she's raised over $600,000 for in her lifetime. Uh, called High Lifeline, which is an organization that's helped her tremendously since she's a child. And it helps families also with anything that you need with a child who has cancer or to, or has a severe medical illness like Perry. So right. so Perry, you know, at, the, at a young age, stepped out of line and said, you know, I don't want to be the one who's constantly taking, I want to give. So we like meeting people and we want to know, you know, how in their life did they step out of line? Because everybody stepped out of line. And sometimes it's, it turns out amazing. And sometimes it's a bad thing. And they say, whoa, let me get back to where I was. So we're curious to see where in your life, whether it's career or personal, have you stepped out of line and what happened? And when I think about how many times I've stepped out of line, when I've sometimes needed to correct and other times where I've needed to continue down that path of stepping out of line. I mean, it's, it has what it is what's made me uh, who I am both personally and professionally. So uh, my story starts in Montana. I uh, grew up on a farm there. My parents got divorced at a young age. And so my mom, when she remarried, she remarried a veterinarian and a farmer. And so he, we had a farm and veterinarian clinic on the farm. So everything was animals from the time I was teeny tiny. So playing music was always in my life. I started piano when I was four years old. Uh, 
I was always singing. I, my mom says I came out of the womb singing. Perry, I'm not sure. I think she's just being a mom. Uh, <laughs> but I didn't know it was possible. You know, it was such a different time, you know, to imagine like social media didn't exist. YouTube, the voice, American Idol like that, that wasn't a part of my, my upbringing, you know? And it wasn't till I stepped out of line and I signed myself up for an exchange program to go to Switzerland and that was me making a decision in ninth grade when I was getting bullied by some of the senior girls and just really baffled by the uh, behavior. And I said to myself, there's got to be more out there than this. And at that moment, I made that decision and my parents were like, okay, if, if this is where you need to go and what you need to do. So I, you know had garage sales. I might've sold my brother's bike. He's still mad about it to uh, raise enough money to get myself there. And it wasn't till I was in this little town called Freiburg, Switzerland. I was uh, with my host brother at a little cafe. This is about a month before school began. I spent my junior year of high school there. Uh, there was a band next to us that was, uh, I, I'm always eavesdropping because I'm a songwriter. So anytime, you know, there might be something that someone says and you're like, oh, that's, there's a song there. So I heard them say that their lead singer had moved back to Germany and that they were looking for a new singer. And I, you know, just being very, you know, willing to just say yes. A lot of times I'm like, oh, hey, I sing, you know? And they said, okay, come audition for us. And that was the first time you guys that I had the opportunity to be fronting a band, finding that, like that feeling of I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. And that's when it became a must for my life. And had I not stepped out of line, had I not, you know, uh, been uncomfortable and just said, I have to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. I have to find something that makes more sense than my current situation. I would never have ended up fronting that band and who knows where my life would have gone. So cut to, I come back from Switzerland. We put a little CD together while we were there. We toured all over Switzerland. Like that became my just everything. And from that point on, it was, okay, how do I, how do I do this as a career? How do I make this my life? And then it was just a whole bunch of circumstance uh, challenges, hard work, dedication, perseverance, resilience, and so much belief in myself that no one could shut that off or shut that down. And that's one of the things in, you know, in life, I think there's many people, be it personal or professional, that will try to say you can't do something, right, Perry? Like there's, you know, oh, you can't go do that or you can't go do this. And I think that when you have that just can do attitude. And I grew up with that. I get that from my mom. I get that from my dad. I get that from just growing up, finding a way. And uh, it really allowed me to find my way. And I found my way to Nashville in 2011. So this November, it'll be nine years, nine years in Nashville. And so many times along the way, uh, gosh, you name it. I've been told it (laughs) 
from you can't, you should quit, you should never sing again, you're too old at 22. Um, all these things, you know, because I think people are so afraid of what they might be limited by that they then have to limit others. And I think that when you live with that abundance mentality, that there's enough for everyone and someone else's success can absolutely be your success. I think that that just, again, you end up giving more and receiving more because I do believe the giver receives and the receiver gives. It's a beautiful, uh, and Perry, I'm sure you've experienced that through just your hard work and dedication to raising money and being able to help so many other people. It's, it's transformational. It's not transactional, you know, and it's just a different game. And so as I, I it was actually 2008, 2008 was a big year because now Perry, how many marathons have you done? Nine. Just, just nine. nine. Ten. I, I, you are, you are phenomenal. And I say that from experience of one marathon, <laughs> I did one and I'm, unless you said to me, I would do another one for you, oh, but well, I would not do another one just oh, because, <laughs> because it was, it was one of the greatest, uh, self-discovery experiences like Perry going back to like your first marathon. I don't know if you experienced this for me, it was mile 19. Wow. Mile 19 was the one that I had, like my, my knees were hurting so bad. I was squeezing ice cubes in my hands to try to like alleviate, you know, some of the, the mental pain and the physical pain of just like, okay, I've got to finish. And finishing that marathon was for me just to know that I could, right? Sometimes we challenge ourselves to find out that we can. And at mile 19, I remember noticing everyone passing me. And I remembered turning my head almost like, you know how you can see out peripherally, you know, and you can kind of see what's going on around you. But I was, I was turning my body physically to where it was slowing me down. And when I realized that, that yes, it's important to know what's going on around you, but have your focus be in front of you and what you want in front of you. It changed things for me. And it was also mile 19 where someone on the sidelines who saw my bib with my name on it, one of my friends called out my name and she ran with me for about a quarter of a mile. Now it was probably a very slow jog, but in my mind I was running <laughs> and it was all these moments that happened that, you know, really just shared, it's not about the finish line as much as like really enjoying the process. And I, a lot of times will say that about any industry, any profession, it's not a sprint, it's a marathon. And when you think about every step we take is a choice of how, of how and what we want to do with it. Mm -hmm. And we can either make that glorious and find a way to make really delicious lemonade out of rotten lemon sometimes, you know, or to not. And that's something that I pride myself on having that 
optimism and having that we'll do this together. We'll find a way. And uh, I think that's, I think that's the greatest gift we can give ourselves is to realize that we're in control of what happens in our minds. And uh, I'm floored by yeah. you. Like Perry and I are listening to you right now and, and mesmerized. Like, right, mesmerized. Every lesson that we've learned, like to me, doing a marathon is very parallel to how life is. Yeah. And it's like I push Perry to a certain point so she can get up by herself and move over and get over the finish line. And, and yeah. that's what I do throughout her life. I get yeah. her, you know, to a certain point where she could do be independent. Yeah. Um, is that for me as well? So I really, I really think that there's such a parallel between doing a marathon and how you get through life. Absolutely. Um, listening to your story, and at such a young age, you knew exactly where you were supposed to be and what you were supposed to do. And when you weren't happy in your situation, unlike another teenager who would have just gone home and watched cartoons and maybe like, you know, gained 80 pounds eating because they were so depressed they were being bullied. Right. Your situation. Um, yeah. To me, that's extraordinary that at such a young age, you, you had the insight to say, I need to make this change. People go through years before they can figure that out. I also have that. It's incredible. To me, Thanks. that's incredible. Yeah. Um, you're a mom also? Yeah, I have two. I have two bonus babies. Uh, uh, my kids came full grown. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I have, a, I have a 28-year-old and a 24-year-old. Wow. And uh, so they, they must are look at you. Well, first of all, you look like you're, yourself. You're like 24 years old. Well, but, you're very kind. <laughs> but for you to have, like, you have so much to share mm. with others. Do you mentor any any kids who either have interest in in music or, you know, any kind of big brother, big sister? Because I think you just have a lot to share, rather than, you know, just keep it all to yourself. You need to get it out there. Well, thank you. I. I love mentoring. Uh, I am so thankful that I've been able to have any influence, uh, be it positive for um, some of the kiddos that I've been able to watch grow up and kids grow up so quickly. It's the craziest thing. Cause us, as you know, as adults, like we just don't, we, we don't grow up, but you know, it's, it's really something. So I've had the honor of being able to, um, mentor, uh, you know, young songwriters, young artists, young musicians, and then also just, you know, um, people in need of all ages. And I think that, you know, life experience and wisdom is such a gift. And to your point, like sharing it is the greatest thing we can do. And uh, I'm, I'm, I love that I get to be where I am now and have adult kids to where I can share that, uh, share that hopeful influence, you know, and share those experiences. And I think one of the, the things that I would share with as many people as I can is I'm a professional when it comes to heartbreak, I am really well-versed and I'm fortunate that, uh, I found love and I get to experience that love. I will say that time is our greatest commodity and we don't get that back. So where we spend our time and who we spend it with and who we spend thinking about, right? Mm -hmm. Who we're thinking about, it all matters. And 
you know, I have, I have some friends that have had to deal with some real tough heartbreak. Uh, and it's one of the things I was like, just remember that you can't get back that time. So in the process of getting through what we get through, we also have to recognize the time that we spend and how we spend it so that we don't look back and go, why did I not give myself back that time? And uh, that's probably the greatest knowledge, especially from a personal standpoint that I try to share (laughs) with as many people as possible, because it's, it's so uh, tangible. It's so right here, you know, not letting the pandemic, which is not ending anytime near soon. um, It would be a year wasted if you didn't accomplish anything and grow. And I see that I follow you on Instagram and I see that you're still doing things and you're still out there and you're still creating. Um, In the beginning, when it first happened, did you sit in a chair like we did and watch TV for 20 million hours and then finally say, okay, this is enough? You know, when I think back, you know, it's interesting because I'm, 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 we're here now in the fall of 2020. We've been in this for nine months, eight months since like the second week of March. And I think initially, like so many, I was just in survival mode. We had to cancel an entire year of shows, uh, I think we canceled over 40 flights in one day. Wow. Uh, I am, I'm a, I'm a, um, I'm very protective of my family and that goes to my touring family, my business family, my fan family. So I think my outreach was okay. Triage mode. Okay. What do we do to make sure everyone's okay? What's our plan? How do we, how do we do this? And then all the meanwhile, you know, we have a working farm in North Carolina. So when I, you know, when I first learned of just everything shutting down, I immediately went to our farm in North Carolina in order to lend a hand. Cause I didn't know who was going to be considered non-essential and essential workers, you know, and if we would have to relieve our team, what did that mean for my husband and I, and, and how, how were we going to, you know, cause a farm never sleeps a farm doesn't, you don't get to put, push a pause button on a farm. So it, it was kind of, so many emotions and absolutely i I think one of the most interesting parts of the experience from a psychological standpoint was some days i'd wake up and i'd be like i've got this (laughs) and some days i'd wake up and be like i don't got this i i don't know what to do and i think something that's been really also just mind-blowing is that we are experiencing this as a globe as all of humanity, no one is untouched by this. So there's also this strange, um, the beautiful side of coming together that has happened. And I've seen, you know, people go beyond their means, beyond their abilities to help others in a really beautiful way. Mm-hmm. And that, that just fuels me. You know, I, I love that and I love being a part of that in any way, but absolutely it's been the most emotional roller coaster and looking at every day as that day, 
and really not focusing on tomorrow because so much can happen in one day right now that it's, it's just one of those, this is one of those times like Perry, we'll look back on this year with so much, you know, just curiosity and, and, uh, you know, how, the how, how, you know, how did all of this happen? And, you know, I am really focused on my health. Like I think so many of us are and doing the best we can. I think also grace is the word of 2020 grace for ourselves, grace for each other, grace for, you know, uh, just our, our nurses, our doctors, our, our first responders, so many people that haven't had to be home in their, you know, stretchy pants and just figuring it out. So it's one of the most wildest times, I think, in the history of the universe, uh, period, the end. And, I, um, I made the choice early on that I'm going to do everything I can to do everything that I can. And that didn't come out, come without tears and fear and what ifs. And then also leaning into those creative moments and those times where I could be productive to go, okay, I've got to, I've got to make the most of this. And the thing I know best is creating. If it's, writing a song, writing a story, collaborating, uh, singing. I did so many virtual concerts and the part I missed the most was being able to be in the same room. Right. Like even right now, I'm so grateful that we have this opportunity to be able to see each other, but I would give anything to be in your, you know, in the room with you guys, just being able to give you a big old hug and you know, that's, you know, I love people. So this has been a really interesting time to just, uh, you know, it's, it's a, a lot of self-reflection and what, what has changed as far as goals and aspirations and desires, if things have changed or, you know, how can we make it better? How can we come out of this better so that it's not in vain? Right. I agree. My uncle, who is going to be 93, I was speaking wow. to him the other day and he's on his treadmill, he's swimming, he just stopped working because his kid would, wouldn't let him, you know, go to work anymore during the pandemic. He's a doctor. And he told me, he said, you know, you're a very strong person. And I said, well, you know, I have cracked a couple of times during the pandemic where I just cry and Perry looks at me and says, oh, mommy's losing it. <laughs> and I said, yes. Um, and he said, but you might bend, but you never break. Yes. And exactly. I, I think I like that because it allows you to bend because usually I don't bend, but I found myself bending over the past nine months because how could you not? Yeah. You don't break and you just pick yourself up and you just carry on. Completely. And I think to your point, you know, bending does not make you weak. Right. Bending does not make you weak. It takes a lot of courage to bend. It takes a lot of courage to be vulnerable. It takes a lot of courage to say, I'm not okay right now. Right. And, and I think that flexibility and that agility within all of that, you know, do you remember Weeble Wobbles? Yes. 
but then you know we won't wobble but we don't fall down and it's and it's uh, i've i've referenced that i think they should bring back weeble wobbles if they haven't because i think we all need one look like that. <laughs> you know and uh it's true though you know i think like a lot of times people fear failure but failure is such a gift because you always learn from failure Right. So when everything happens and it all works out, you usually are just like, woohoo, that was awesome. You know, but it's when, you know, things don't go according to plan where you really pay attention to why it didn't. Right. I know we had this discussion with people in the past that Perry sometimes considers when she doesn't hit the mark in a marathon. And if she doesn't, if she set her goal to walk a mile and a half or two miles and it doesn't happen, she can't do it. She feels like she failed. And mm. we Perry, you know, it's the process. Yeah. The work that you put into it. It's not whether you reach the goal and everybody, right. oh, she walked this amount. It's just the what you put into it. Yeah. Um, and the effort that you put into it really counts. And I think people have to kind of be a little bit more gentle and have more, as you said, grace yeah. with themselves yeah. and, and say it's, it's okay. Completely. No. And we're constantly evolving. Goals are constantly changing. And, and, you know, you have to be a little kinder, I think, to yourself as well. as Because you, you do that for other people. Sometimes it's very hard to do that for yourself. I know I'm like that. Right. So, so, Perry, you're coming up on your 10th marathon in 2022. Yes. Yeah. January 30th, 2022. January. So you might want to set your calendar. And... <laughs> We do a half marathon. Yeah. We don't do a full one. Yeah. Because I think the full one might kill me. Because by would, seven, yeah. usually, I'm like, oh, my God, I need these granola bars that I crammed down my shorts, <laughs> and I have to eat them right now. I would love to do that with you. Oh, so just put me on your calendar oh. and share with me where I sign up, and I will be right there beside you. I would love oh, to do that. That's so cool. Oh, cool. That would be so amazing. So let me ask you, you're almost at 10 marathons. Do you have a desire? Do you have a certain number in your head or a number that you've shared of how many you want to do? No, I just didn't know I'm out of it. Somebody, a friend of ours who's in a wheelchair also through an accident, he touched on something that, that upset us. He said, you know, there's going to be a point in your life where you're not going to be able to do this anymore. And mm. that never occurred to us, either yeah. one of us. Yeah. It hasn't occurred to me that we would ever yeah. stop trying yeah. to do something like this. So yeah. I don't think you could put a limit on it because you hey, here you have a 93-year-old who's still on a treadmill and swimming right. every day. Really? So okay. I, don't, I don't think you could put a limit on it. And I mean, our goal now is to inspire other people, yeah. to get more people involved and to you know, create awareness for High Lifeline, which is who we raise, yeah. we raise money for. Um, because Perry influences sometimes we have little kids in the neighborhood doing little garage sales and then donating that money towards the charity. And right. so he, you already inspired somebody who's five years old and they're going to take this lesson. So I don't think Perry can stop. If, if it comes to a point where she physically can't do it, I think she's always going to be at that finish line. Well, find a way. People to do it. Um, because it's just become who it's become such a part of our family and our team. Yeah. I love it. So will I get a team Perry shirt? I'm with Ashley oh, Romel, you won now. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I'll wear it with such pride. I can't oh. wait. 
Well, um, I'm, I'm just blown away by you and I, what you guys have been able to accomplish as a family, you know, Perry, you are leading the charge and we are just here to be beside you and support you. And I, I say this with my whole heart, you have me. Oh, so if there's anything I can do to support you, thousand percent. And um, one day I know we're going to hear you sing in person. I don't yes. Know, but it's going to. And then you're going to hear me sing for 13 miles right next to you. <laughs> well, it's better than listening to me complain. So that'll be fun. Oh, we'll have fun. But we do laugh for 13.1 miles. And yep. it's probably the most fun that we, we have. That's awesome. Um, and it's very cathartic. You feel like afterwards you've been through hell, but you feel like you've been through such highs and lows in one race. It's, it's incredible. I, I strongly suggest it for every single human just find a way because it, it is, it is a life changing experience, especially when you put it through the lens of what you can learn from it. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and Perry, you've been able to, you've been able to, I mean, you've been able to change lives through your living example. And I mean, my honey, you have a whole giant world ahead of you that you get to continue to change through action and just being you. And I think that's tremendous. A lot of people cannot say that. I'm so glad I wore lipstick. I can't think of (laughs) I know, but I'm wearing stretchy pants, but you can't tell. You can't see if I even have, I'm kidding. I have pants on. (laughs) My husband's an attorney and he had to appear in front of a judge for a case. Yeah. And and he put um, a piece of white paper from his printer under his jacket. So it looked like he's wearing a shirt and it was so crinkly. He pretended he dropped something on the floor. When he stood up, he had a t-shirt on the judge, like looking at him. He's like, I'm wearing a bathing suit underneath here. That's hysterical. I, I love your husband already. He sounds like he's got a good sense of yeah, You have to. You don't know what you got going over here. You yeah, you gotta, you the laughter up. That's very, very important. Yes. I'll love and be right beside you in January 2022, baby.